welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. So, thank you, Pastor Matt. You know, it's my heart to uh, equip you. That's what uh, ministers are supposed to do. And uh, Shanna equips in one way, and she did a great job. Pastor Matt equips us in a different way. We have Pastor Dave coming next week. We'll equip us in a different way. Everybody uses their gifts differently. But we're all here to equip you uh, so that you can live victorious lives. And that's what it's all about. And we thank all those who have served in the military. Do we have anybody that served in the military? Would you stand up? We just want to give you thanks for serving. I know we also have, we have people uh, that have sons, uh, daughters, or uh, grandchildren in the military, and we just uh, pray a, uh, just God's blessing on them, and not only that, but his uh, safety. And so we just trust the Lord will, will watch over them. So I'm going to take a little um, thing from Shanna. She did this long introduction, and I thought that was really good, you know? So I'm going to do a little bit of an introduction of what we're going to talk about, and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about. So it is my desire to equip you, okay, so I'm going to try and teach some things today. Um, the Holy Spirit really is the teacher, okay? We're, we're up here, but the Holy Spirit is the one that teaches. So our, my hope is today that everyone gets something today from the Holy Spirit that will help you in your life. So when we, we look at God's Word and we look at it, there's different things. God's Word, the Bible, its total is, is called the Logos, it's the word of God. But then God will speak to us specific things, and that's called a rhema word, a word spoken to us. We really live on the rhema word. You have to. If you don't, you're not in relationship. So what we're trying to do today is to try and get you to see that all through the Bible, when you read it, look at the rhema words that came. For instance, Zacchaeus was said, you're, you're going to call your son John. Okay, there was no choice there. He said, you're going to call your son John. Mary and Joseph, we want you to go to Egypt. And they got up and they left to Egypt. Okay? Joshua, you're going to walk around the walls seven times. And then on the seventh day, you'll walk around seven more times. And then you'll blow your trumpet. Specific words. We need specific words in our lives today. We all have different battles, all different things that we're facing. And if we don't have specific words, we won't, we won't have victory. Think about uh, the seven sons of Sceva. Do you know that story? They were out there and they saw people casting out demons and healing people. So they thought they'd go out and cast out a demon. So they went to this uh, person to try and cast it out. And uh, they got beat up by that spirit. You know why? It wasn't a rhema word. It wasn't directed by God. You know, sometimes you and I use words that are in the Bible to overcome something, but it wasn't a rhema word. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? In other words, God didn't inspire that word for that moment, and so you can pull something out, but it may not work. What we need to do is say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? What am I supposed to say in this situation? How am I supposed to minister in this situation? See, if you look in the scriptures, Jesus never healed anybody the same way. He never used this. It's not a formula. Jesus, miracles never happen the same way. Battles never happen the same way. So every specific time we face something, 
we can't rely on what we did the last time. We have to have that relationship with God. We're saying, okay, how do I deal with it this time? Because this time is different than the last time. So the battles that we have, I don't know if you don't have any battles, you're blessed. Okay? And you can come, and I will sit, and you can counsel me all day long, because I think the older I get, the more battles I have. And I don't understand that. I thought it was supposed to get better. But it seems like, you know, there's just so much going on, and, you know, your kids grow up, and you have grandkids, and this problem, and that problem, and then uh, health problems. Man, God, what did you do that for? You know? I thought we were supposed to get better. And our body says, as the inward man is renewed daily. I appreciate that, but it says the outward man perishes. And there's parts of my outward man that seems like it's perishing. I got ear things in right now so I can hear myself talk. I got glasses so I can see what I'm going to read. And so, you know, that never happened before. I can remember when I first was coming and teaching, the most important thing was not to forget your Bible and your notes. As I got older, the most important thing was not to forget my glasses. Because my Bible and notes didn't do anything if I didn't have my glasses. So we have different things that we struggle with every day. And the things we want to struggle with, we want to be able to tune into God and allow him to show us the specific word, the rhema word that we need. And so that's why it's important. So today we want to pray for everyone that they receive a rhema word. And then my message today is kind of, a, it's kind of different. Good morning and good night. That would be the title of my message, Good Morning and Good Night. And so I'll try and explain that as we go. But good morning and good night. So Jesus, it says, in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Praying is just talking to God. He separated himself in the morning, and he went and he found instructions. That last song we said is, I surrender. It's great to surrender here. In the, on a Sunday morning. But you know what? We need to surrender every morning. Okay? So every morning we need to come and say, Good morning, Lord. I surrender. I surrender my life, my dreams. I'm laying my life in your hands. Now will you give me some rhema words for today? Will you give me my instructions for today? Will you give me what I'm supposed to be doing today or who I'm supposed to meet today? Or... Just prepare me with some words that maybe I don't even know what they're for, but the battle, when it comes, I'll know, and it'll come back up because the Holy Spirit will bring it to my remembrance. So every day, we need to say, good morning, Lord, and we have to surrender. That's how we become who we're supposed to become. That's how we get to the point where we live in victory because he is wanting to 24-7 guide and direct us. And I like to do this at night, and this really is for me more than you. Uh, but the Lord kind of, when I was doing this message, kind of says, you're not doing this like you used to. And I said, you're right. Good night, Lord. Sometimes I just fall asleep on the couch, <laughs> in a chair. Uh, hopefully not in the car, but, you know. <laughs> but, I, you know. But I used to always say goodnight to the Lord and go over my day. And he says, you're not doing that anymore. So he wants me to get back to that habit of saying, good morning, Lord, I surrender. But then good night, Lord, how'd I do today? Where'd I miss it? 
Where did I get it right? How can I do better tomorrow? What do you have for me tomorrow? And so those two habits, if we can get those two habits, and that's what I'm saying to myself, I need to get back in that habit of saying goodnight and looking over my day again and just saying, Lord, how'd I do today? I love the days when I do good. <laughs> Don't like the days when I didn't listen as well as I should. But it's important. And so if we can develop those two habits, good morning, Lord, good night, Lord, and we just allow him to speak into our lives, then we can get him involved 24-7 in our life, and that's what we want. Because there's no way that we can live our lives victorious without him. So Psalms 32.8 says, I will instruct thee, and I will teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I shall guide thee with mine eye. He wants that relationship where we're almost face-to-face. -face. You, you can almost see. You ever see your mom's eyes when you weren't doing something well when you were a kid? You know? I'm 70. My mom is 92. And when we go visit today, if I do something goofy and my mom looks at me, I will see those eyes. It never goes away. You know? I know when she's happy with me. I know when she thinks... That wasn't very good, Dennis, you know? Uh, and I also know when that look, when she's pleased. And God wants to do the same thing. He's our parent. He wants us to have that close relationship where he looks into our eyes and we can tell that he's pleased with us. Proverbs 3, 6, one of my, uh, this is kind of my life verse, uh, 5 and 6, but I go to this all the time. And all, all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Okay, I can't tell you how many times that I, you know, rely on that verse and I can, how many times that I'm always acknowledging him and how when I can't do something, I'll ask him and he'll show me or he'll give me uh, someone to, you know, to contact so I know. Uh, Psalm 119, 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's God's word that illuminates how we're supposed to live in life where we're supposed to go in life. And so we need to get into his word. And then Matthew 6, 11 says, give us this day our late daily bread. In other words, daily we need to what? Say, good morning, Lord. What's your instructions for me today? Daily we need to be doing that. And if we'll do that daily, then you know, God will become more real to us in just all the little things. He wants to be involved in little things in our lives. We, we have a tendency to just go to him for the big things. So every day surrender. So two good habits. Say, good morning, Lord. I need a rhema word for the day. I need instructions for the day. And good, good night, Lord. So Jesus' baptism. What happened at Jesus' baptism? Jesus was baptized in water. The heavens opened up. And the Father said this. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, the Holy Spirit led him into the desert where he was tempted. What was the first temptation that the enemy came to with him with was his identity. If you be the Son of God, I'm telling you today, the heavens are opened up. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is what he says. You are my beloved son or daughter, and I am well pleased with you. Now, some of you, your mind already went, well, I don't know how God could be pleased with me. That's fast. The enemy's attacking you. 
I'm telling you, you are a son and a daughter of God, and the God who created the entire universe is pleased with you. He loves you. He cares about you. He's not looking at your mistakes. He's looking at what you can become. He sees you through the blood of Jesus, and he sees you perfect, and he loves you, and he accepts you. But the devil wants to tell you everything contrary to that. Do you know what? He is the beginner and the author of fake news. He is. He's going to tell you everything against that. If you be the son or a daughter of God, then look at all your mistakes. Look what you did. Look at this. He'll remind you of things 20 years ago. It doesn't matter. He will continually bombard you with lies. And it's all fake. He's like a roaring lion going about trying to devour you, but he can't if you know the truth, if you know the Word of God, and if you specifically have a rhema word at that moment, which Jesus did. Jesus said, listen, devil, it is written, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes and proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's where we need to be. I need to live my life by every word, and let me put it this way, rhema word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, I need specific instructions, just like Jesus got that moment, to tell the devil that. And when he came with the next temptation, he said it again. It is written. The word of God is, our, is what we use against the enemy. He continued to say, it is written. I need a specific word, just like Jesus had, so that I can face my day, face my battles, and win them. Because I don't want to be like the seven sons of Sceva and just have words, but they're not effective. Lord, give me the rhema word. Give me the anointed, powerful word, because your word is sharper than a two-edged sword, isn't it? And it can do all kinds of things. And so the enemy is going to try and come against you and your identity, of who you are, he will bombard you with fear, doubt, discouragement, frustration, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, suicidal thoughts, loneliness, insecurities, financial issues, relationship issues. He'll lie to you and tell you God can't love you, God can't use you, God doesn't care about you. It's all fake news. It's all fake news. God does love you. Does, God does care about you. God does want the best for you. Jesus said, it is written. That's what we need to realize. It is written. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, we can have victories. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural. Okay? They're spiritual. What are our weapons? Okay? In Ephesians 6, 11, it talks about, and this is a pretty long scripture, so I'm going to just read it real quick. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks, the methods of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against people, folks. This is a spiritual war. Okay? We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the blessed parade of righteousness, and, the, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all taking the shield of faith, 
wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. When he throws things at you, that shield of faith is supposed to block those. You're supposed to cast those down. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You have to put on the armor, but we only get one offensive weapon. We get the Word of God, which is a sword, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's powerful. It cuts. And this is our spiritual weapon. So we can sit there and say anything we want, but if we know God's word, when the enemy comes and we have that specific word, it's like a sword. That's our offensive weapon. All the rest are defensive. We don't let things hit us, but at the same time, we have to win our battles by speaking rhema words to whatever that situation is. And God wants to give you that rhema word. So think about it. The word of God is your offensive weapon. God, what word can you quicken to me today? Pastor Matt even said it when he read Psalm 103. If there's something in this verse that jumps out at you, grab it. The Holy Spirit wants you to have it. If there's something in this message, grab it. The Holy Spirit wants you to have it. And that's how we win our battles. So the Spirit of God wants to quicken his word so that you can become all that God wants you to be. So you should say, I am a son of God. Say that with me. I am a son or a daughter. I am a son and daughter of God. God loves me and forgives me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Greater is he and is in me than he is in the world. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of love and power and sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know that Christ isn't Jesus' last name? I'll let that sink in there for a little bit. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means anointed one. I can do all things, all things through the anointing or the anointed one. Okay? When God anoints you, you can do all things because he gives you supernatural ability. We are not natural creatures. We're spiritual creatures. And we can live in that realm when God anoints us. So if God anoints us, we can do all things. And so we're going to look at the Old Testament here just in a minute and share some things. David, when he, uh, well, first of all, let me explain. David had many battles, didn't he? And the one we know about the most is what? David and Goliath and the, and the giant. Okay, but later in his life, David was a man of God's own heart for a lot of reasons. One of those reasons was that he always said, good morning, Lord. So when the Philistines had come into the valley, the first thing he did, even though he'd been through many battles and he had won, and in the natural, he was a good warrior. But he still went to the Lord and said, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, the enemies are gathered in the valley. 
arm yourself and attack and I will be with you. And he defeated that army. A few years later, that same Fizzlestein army came into the same valley and we're going to attack Israel. Now here's what most of us would do. We go, oh, the Lord showed me to do that last time, so I'm good. Not David. He said, good morning, Lord. What do I do? The enemy is in the valley again. And the Lord said, go behind them. And when the wind goes through the mulberry trees, that's when you attack. Totally different plan, but he defeated the enemy. See, David was a man after God's heart because he said, good morning, Lord, and said, I submit my life and surrender to you, and I get instructions every day, and I don't do things just because I won one way. I went, Did you notice that David didn't go out with a sling when he was going with the Philistine army? He used the sling one time to win the big army against the Philistines. He used it against a lion and a bear other times, and that was a training for the big time. So he goes out against the giant, doesn't he? I don't know if you've ever faced a giant in your life, you know, but he goes out, and our weapons are not carnal. If you look in the Old Testament, you think, man, they use some funny-looking weapons, you know? So everybody else had swords. David had a rock. I couldn't find a smooth stone. I looked all over our property, but anyway, this is the best I could do. So, but anyway, he had a rock, and he put it in his sling, and he went out there, and it was not normal for uh, you know, that type of fighting. In other words, it was a supernatural weapon, and God directed that stone right where it needed to hit in a specific spot. I don't know if you've ever faced a giant in your life. I faced a giant. It was on February 22nd. I got out of an echocardiogram, came home, told my wife what, what, what was going on, and she says, you have a bad valve. I go, does that mean? She goes, yeah, you're going to have to have open heart surgery. That night, I went and ran a men's meeting of 40 or 50 guys, set up the games, fed them, did everything, never told anybody. Went there and had to do a couple tests, and the doctor said, yeah, you're going to have to have open heart surgery. I don't know about you, but I didn't look forward to getting my chest cut open. It kind of made me think, okay, God, you're a good God. I can believe in healing, you know, all kinds of thoughts going through. And so I need a, a rhema word. You know, if I don't have a rhema word, then, you know, I, I, I'm going to live in fear, worry, anxiety. I'm going to have to get my finances in order. My wife will make me clean up my garage and get rid of everything. <laughs> you know. So anyway, I had that uh, word that I was going to live okay, that everything was going to be okay, but I also had a knowing inside that I probably wasn't going to get a supernatural healing. I was going to have to go through this. Susie got a word when she was out walking on our path that this sickness wasn't unto death, so that was her word that she had. She shared that with me, and it, it, it confirmed what I had. So, but this was a battle, and so I go there, and the doctor says, well, you know, we need to do the surgery, and I go, well, doc, I'm going to Florida next week. I got a fishing trip. Aaron's back there. He was on that fishing trip. So I said, I'm going on a fishing trip. I never told the guys I was having open heart surgery. I went on that fishing trip. We caught big fish. And the doctor says, well, I, I guess you can go, but don't do anything exerting. Catching big fish isn't exerting, is it? 
No, I don't think so. Anyway, so we caught big fish. We had a great time. The Lord blessed the trip. But I couldn't have gone on that trip if I didn't know that rhema word that this was not unto death. In other words, this, I was going to live. I was going to go through it, but I was going to live. I couldn't have done that. The family came down, and we spent our whole vacation. I came back in April. I had open-heart surgery. It didn't go very well. They had to bring me back in, cut me open the second time, collapsed my lungs for the second time. Okay, And then I had to come back out, get seven units of blood, because I was bleeding. That's why they opened me up the second time. So I've recovered. I didn't die. <laughs> I did live. But it was a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, this rock represents a rhema word that would be thrown to a specific thing in your life. What giant are you facing today that you need a rhema word for, that you need to know that God is for you, and that he's not going to leave you nor forsake you? So when you face that giant, you need that rhema word. You need that specific word so that you can live your life and live it to the best of your ability. So then uh, the other thing that uh, in the Old Testament that happens is that uh, Samson one time, he decided that uh, his life was not too good that day. He got up and said, good morning, Lord, but it wasn't a good day because they caught him and they bound him and they put everything against him. And uh, he broke the chains. Now, do you realize that he was there? He would have liked to break the chains that moment. But it wasn't until he got the anointing, the power from God, that he had supernatural strength. And as soon as he got that, he broke those chains. And he broke them up, and he picked up a jawbone of, of a donkey. I almost said something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he killed a thousand people with a jawbone of a donkey. You know how hard I had to look to find this jawbone? They use it as an instrument. Came out of California. Thank God for internets. Anyway, so I found that. I didn't know what a jawbone looked like. I mean, this is what he used. And he killed a thousand guys because God anointed him and he had supernatural power. See, God wants to anoint us when we fight a battle. And we have supernatural power. But does this weapon look natural to you? No. Our weapons are not what? Natural or carnal, but they're powerful. See, now in the New Testament, we don't use weapons like this. We use the Word of God. The Word of God is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. But in the Old Testament, these things can be used to show us that God never used anything natural. He always used something supernatural. J.L. took a tent peg. I could have got a steel peg, but I want you to recognize it. And a hammer and put it through a guy's, you know, body and killed him. Okay? So it was a tent peg. Okay. Joshua, when he walked around the, uh, after seven times, they blew the trumpets and the walls fell down. Does this look like a weapon to you? But he blew the trumpet as God instructed it to him with the rhema word and the walls of Jericho came humming down because he just listened to what God told him to do. The words you get may not make sense to you, but if you'll do the word that God gives you, then you'll win the victory in the battle.
And so there's different people that use different things. Now, uh, Moses, he used the staff. And God said, what's in your hand, Moses? And Moses said, I can't do what you want me to do, God. He said, what's in your hand, Moses? And he said, a rod. They called it a rod back then or a staff. And so Moses is there, and he's trying to make all kinds of excuses, okay? But what's in your hand? That's what God wants to ask you today. What are your gifts and abilities? That's what he was asking Moses. What's in your hand? He says, throw your stick down, Moses. And he threw it down. And he says, pick it back up. And it was a snake. Yeah. And he turned the rod into a snake. Actually, he told Moses to pick it up by the tail. But I was afraid it'd bite me. And then he picked it back up, and it was a rod again. What was God showing? With me, you can do anything. This rod is powerful because of me. It's not the rod. It's that I'm with you, Moses. This rod will separate waters and pull them back again. This rod can cause plagues. This rod can do a lot of things because it's not the rod. It's me working through you. And it's God working through us that will cause us to have victory in our lives. So today, it's my prayer that somehow you need a rhema word because I know you have battles that you're going through. There's no one here that doesn't have some kind of battle, some kind of something that hinders you. And so I want you to look at all these weapons in different ways. Maybe you're like me. You're facing a giant you need a specific word to give you peace, to be able to handle what you're doing. So today, right now, just say, God, I, I need you to give me a specific word, whether it's right here today or somewhere today, later, or in this week, I need a specific word to face this giant that's facing me right now. Some of you, see, this is something that's, dead, something that doesn't seem to have any use. I would say that in my life, there are some things, the dreams or visions that God gives you, and you kind of just set them aside because it's been years. Joseph had a dream and took 13 years for him to pick it back up again. Back in 1982 or 83, I had a dream to write a book. And that dream kind of died. But my wife and my daughter kept pushing me. And I'm a little stubborn, so it took longer than most. And kept pushing me, and I just said, I'd just rather let it be dead. Too much work to write a book, you know. But the Lord said, it's time for you to pick up a dream, a vision, dead things that you let die, and I want to restore them. So I've worked on editing the first chapter, thanks to my daughter. But my challenge to you, I'll give you that as an example for me. What have you laid down? What dream or vision or word that God gave you have you laid down and let die? And he wants you to pick it up and slay a thousand demons. So that's what I'm believing that book to do once I got this word. I'm believing it to slay a thousand demons when people read it and they get set free. 
But what is it that you have laid down that today you could pick back up? That you could say, Lord, make that word alive again to me. And let me reestablish that vision in my life and believe that you can do all things through Christ who gives you the ability and strength. Or maybe you have a habit that just won't go away and you need to keep pounding and pounding the word into it till it disappears. Say, well, Pastor Dennis, what's your example for that? (laughs) When I got saved, I had a foul mouth. I know that's hard for you to believe. But anyway, I did. And so I could not go the day without thinking bad thoughts, saying bad words, you know, just, I used to just speak terribly. And so the Lord, I didn't have a teacher back then, I just got saved, but the Lord showed me, get the, you know, the word of God, and then I just sang. Every time I have a foul mouth thing come in, I would just sing. And I didn't know many songs back then, so he probably got tired of hearing Jesus loves me, this I know, but I was just new to salvation, so I didn't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of verses, you know? The only thing we sang in the Methodist church was the hymnal, and I never sang. I just looked at it. You know, you stand there and be holy and pious. And the women are singing, and the men are like, you know. The notes are too high for us. We can't sing those. Anyway, so I was singing whatever I could. I kept pounding. It took months. But every time a word would come that shouldn't have come or a thought, I keep pounding the scriptures or the thing, and I kept pounding. And then one day I woke up and I realized I hadn't had a bad thought or a bad word come into my mouth for a long time. I don't know how long it took. I just knew I had a fight continually. It was like a hammer with a tent peg. I had to keep doing it till it was all the way down, and I killed it. But then what happened? Sometimes things can resurrect. The Lord sent me into a steel mill to work one summer. And all they did was F this and F that and dirty jokes and everything. And all of a sudden, I was having trouble again. And all of a sudden, the guy that went to Bible studies every night, I'd come home dragging from work thinking, Lord, I don't know, I can make it tonight. And I don't remember if it was a good evening or a good night, Lord, or a good morning, Lord, when he gave me a specific word. But anyway, I went to him and I said, I'm struggling. And he said, Dennis, you need to take a spiritual shower. I go, what is a spiritual shower? He goes, well, the guys in the factory, they have showers there for them. Do you ever notice the older guys? The young guys never took the showers, but the old guys have been there 30, 40 years. They would go in and they went home clean as a whistle to their families. We went home dirty as all get out because we didn't want to go in those showers. But they had lockers and everything and they'd come out totally clean. He says, you need to take a spiritual shower. And I says, what do you mean? He says, well, it's a 15-minute drive on the way home. You need to praise and worship me because all day long your spirit's been gathering junk. And then you didn't do anything for about it for a couple days and it got more junk and more junk and more junk. And all of a sudden, you know, it's starting to hinder your walk. So I began every day to praise and to worship and to, to, to sing. And all of a sudden, I'd get home and I'd have my energy back. And I would be fine because I cleansed myself of all that junk. Some of you may work in a position, place like that. I don't know. But if you do, take a spiritual shower. It'll help you. Okay? And that's your specific rhema word for you today. And then the staff. What does the staff represent? The staff represented Moses' gifts and abilities. God had trained him for 40 years for this position. He had trained him in Egypt for this position. 
He was ready to go, but he doubted himself, insecurities. But he had the gifts that God needed for him to use, but he doubted, and he listened to the fake news of, you can't do this, Moses. You're not good enough, Moses. You, you're not, you're not going to be used by God, okay? I, some of you listen to that too. And God wants to say, listen, if you'll leave me, turn your gift over to me and let me anoint it, it can give you direction and can be a whole new thing in your life. You can't do it on your own strength. See, you, we can't do things on our own strength. It's not our gift. It's God's gift to us, but it needs anointed. It has to be surrendered to him. So whether you're in music, engineering, uh, medical, surrender whatever it is that your gift to him, teaching, uh, you know, whatever it is. You could be landscaping. Surrender whatever gift you have to the Lord, and he'll make it better. And all of a sudden, people may notice, or maybe your gift isn't being used in the right place, and that's why you're not happy. When I was growing up, everybody says, well, yeah, Dennis is a nice guy. Well, what, what, how, how much do nice guys get paid? I just wanted to know that. Everybody said I should go to college. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't know what college was. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And everybody said, you should be an attorney. I don't even like to read. Those guys have to read cases after cases. I went there, changed my major, got into business, graduated. I didn't know any more than when I went the first time. I'm just a nice guy, and I don't get paid. That's all I felt like. <laughs> and then they said, well, nice guys could go into sales. Because if you go into sales, you know, you can sell something. The problem is, anytime I sold something, I always found out what was wrong with it. So I couldn't sell it very good because I had to tell the person, well, you know, this car is pretty good, but, you know, really after about 50,000 miles, it'll probably die. <laughs> I mean, I had to tell them, I had to qualify everything, you know, and tell them because I couldn't be dishonest. I just, you know, I just couldn't do it. So the sales wasn't going to go, you know, so I didn't know what I was doing. Do you know nice guys can be in the ministry? with people skills. I didn't know that because, see, I didn't turn my gift over to God. And once I turned my gift over to God, then he began being a light unto my path, and he led me into something that my gifts were good at and used for. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're trying to use your gift in the wrong place. And God's saying, lay it down, give it to me. And let me use you and direct your paths into a different. Now, it may take a little time. It took 10 years for me to get to, to ministry. But he had to prepare me for 10 years to get there. But I knew I was on the right road because I was late. I surrendered my gift to him. So those are four different areas. If you'll stand with me right now, I just want to challenge you in those four areas. Do you need a specific word like the rock represents to hit the giant? Do you need to pick up a vision or a dream or just a word of God that you kind of doubted that it could happen to you? Do you need to have a habit or something that can torment you continuously? You need to drive the word of God and kill it. Even though it takes time, just say, I will not fail. I, the word says that I can do this and I won't fail. And you just keep on pushing like I did, pushing, pushing. And one day I woke up and I go, wow, I don't have those thoughts anymore.
You know, I haven't had those thoughts for 40-some years. You know, that's great. God gave me victory. But it wasn't easy. It took months for me to discontinue hammering and being persistent to saying, he said I could have victory. I'm going to do this. And then one day it happened. And maybe you have a gift. And you're using your gift. Maybe you're making good money with your gift. I don't know. But you're not happy inside because you just haven't turned that gift over to the Lord. You haven't let him use it maybe in other areas that you never even dreamed of. Or maybe he just wants to use it in supplemental areas, like a doctor, you know, maybe going on a medical missions because they could use his gift there. But it doesn't mean you have to quit what he's doing. In other words, it could be anything, but God specifically wants to give you a rhema word as you lay down your gift, and he'll direct your steps if we what? Say, good morning, Lord. What do you have for me today? I lay my life down before you. And then at night, good night, Lord. How'd I do today? How'd I use my gift? How'd I, how did I speak? Was, did I follow your instructions? If we can become like that, God, he, he created Adam to walk with him. He wants to walk with you. And remember, he calls you your, a son and a daughter, and he's pleased with you already. He approves of you already. All he wants now is for you to yield yourself to him so he can give you those rhema specific words because he wants you to beat giants. He wants you to pick up dreams. He wants you to kill habits in your life that aren't healthy. And he wants you to use your gifts for him if you'll dedicate it. Thank you, Lord. Just say this with me. Father, I thank you for a rhema word today. And if you'll help me, I'll say good morning, Lord, every day. And good night, Lord, every night. If you're here today and any one of those things spoke to you and you'd like to come and have some prayer, I would love to pray with you or you can just come and just have prayer yourself. But I encourage you, God wants to give you rhema words. And God wants to restore vision. And God wants to kill those areas in your life that are hindering and hampering and tormenting you. He wants to give you a word that you can destroy that. And God wants to use the gifts that he's given you. So as we just have this time of worship, if you want to come forward and just tell the Lord, Lord, give me that rhema word that I need, I encourage you to do that. And I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.